everybody. Welcome back to Can't Let Go, the NBN podcast where we discuss news and personal stories from every week that we can't get out of our heads. I'm your host, Jacob Lazaro, and I'm here with two new guests to the show. I've got David Gerges and Elizabeth Guthrie. Guys, you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, hi, my name is David Gerges. I'm the opinion section editor for NBN, and I'm a sophomore. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Guthrie. Um, I'm one of the life and style editors for NBN, and I'm also a sophomore. So I guess I can get started for this week. So my new story involves um, the whole Trump-Russia scandal, or as the president called it, that Russia thing, or as I've read online, Russia Largo, which is my personal favorite. Um, And I'm going to timestamp this because, you know, a lot of developments came out today. We're recording this on Monday. Uh, We found out on Friday that there were sealed indictments, and this morning we found out who that was. So Paul Manafort, who was um, a big figure in the Trump campaign, his former campaign manager, and this other guy, um, Rick Gates, who was also involved with the campaign, were indicted today on charges of really money laundering. They both pleaded not guilty. But the other really interesting thing from today was this other guy, George Papadopoulos, who was another Trump campaign orbit person, one of the early foreign policy advisor. He pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about meeting with Russian officials, which is really interesting because, you know, he's pleading guilty. So it's like, <laughs> why would he do that? So... I've read a lot of theories online about how he is probably, um, Mueller has probably flipped him and he's going to be testifying about other people because you'll notice that Manafort and Gates' charges are much more related to money laundering, which is a different thing. But Papadoulos is like directly related to talking with Russian officials and then lying about it. I think what I found, at least this number stuck out to me because the ju- uh, the judge said, I believe, Manafort's bail at $10 million, <laughs> yeah, which is a staggering number. And also, you know, that kind of correlates with the levity of the charges against him. I mean, yeah, I think Mueller's been definitely gunning for Manafort. I remember a few, a few months ago there were reports that there was an FBI raid at his house where they, like, broke down the door, I do remember guns that. drawn. Yeah. It was like, whoa, that's interesting. But now you can see things are starting to develop. It's definitely a major saga in our presidency, and um, I find it, I just find it all ironic that um, part of the reason that Trump, many people supported Trump, was that they said his opponent was too corrupt and now look at what we're seeing. So, yeah. Um, it's tragically ironic. Although I heard some reports <laughs> over the weekend that it was um, actually it was Hillary Clinton who colluded. I think that seems to be the, <laughs> the current line in the um, the right wing media yeah, sphere was well, that Hillary was the one who actually did the collusion. So my story for this week um, is about a white nationalist rally that occurred in Shelbyville, Tennessee on Saturday. Um, and um, afterward in Brentwood, Tennessee, which is close to there, um, an interracial couple um, at a restaurant was harassed and then attacked by um, a group of white lives matter people as they're self-proclaimed. Um, so this, I mean, it's interesting for me. So I live about an hour from where this took place in Kentucky. So um, it, it does hit close to home. Um, and I just, I hate that I'm having to read these stories over and over. Um, I mean, the one thing that's really scary for me about all of this is in the same sense that a couple years ago, people were talking about being desensitized to um, mass shootings. I'm starting to feel myself get a little bit desensitized to the idea of another White Lives Matter protest. And that's really dangerous. I feel that. I feel like a lot of people have been feeling political burnout or just burnout in general because there's just been so much. Think of how many political related news stories there have been in the past, like, you know, six months. Not even going back to the inauguration, but it's just so much to keep up with. And it's like, sometimes I want to tune out of the news, which is bad because, you know, we are journalists, so we're not supposed to do that. (laughs) I just feel like I have to take a break, which is like, 
not a good feeling. I also feel like super exhausted with all of this and I constantly just want to like not think about it and just, you know, turn off the news and whatever. But also I feel like the fact that I can do that really like shows my privilege and so I mm-hmm. want to try not right. to do that because I can't, you know, I might be able like I'll still be fine if I ignore everything that's going on, but yeah. I don't that doesn't mean that I should. Um, so my story this week is actually very campus related. Northwestern's College Republicans are bringing Charles Murray to campus. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm guilty of getting into the fight on the meme page that happened sometime this past weekend. Those are you who don't follow um, Northwestern University memes. Uh, we, like most schools, have a Facebook meme page where students post memes about campus-related things. There was a meme posted a few days ago about this event, which was like a, a thing from Scooby-Doo, and the caption was, wow, gang, it turns out that NUCR was actually white nationalism, and then it's like, uh, I think it was Fred from the Scooby-Doo, yeah. was like <laughs> pulling the little handkerchief off of the, you know, off of the, the, NUCR go- the, go- logo. the fake ghost, yeah, yeah so, so that's, that's the context for the meme, for those of you who haven't seen it. I think this has been a huge ongoing topic, especially um, sparked by the Berkeley protests up against um, Milo Yiannopoulos months ago. And um, ever since then, I've seen this really troubling rise in college Republicans bringing speakers on campus that, for, for me, it seems like they're bringing them on campus just to be inflammatory. You know, Charles Murray wrote a piece literally called The Advantages of Social Apartheid. That's unacceptable in any other context, but he's coming on campus and speaking and he's talking about things like a natural order and the fact that affirmative action and the Department of Education are products of a welfare state and those things are very concerning to think about. And I also think, like, I understand what all these people are saying, you know, whatever, about diversity of thought, but, like, there's a difference between having, you know, opposing views and hate speech and white nationalism and racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia and all of these things that a lot of these controversial controversial figures are going to be talking about and I think like I'm absolutely okay with hearing opposing views like political views but I don't think that we need to give people a platform to you know spew hate speech. I don't think that we as a university need to give them that platform. So now it's the second half of our show where we talk about our personal lives, the stories that we can't let go of personally for this week. So mine's pretty short. Um, It's just a a feel-good kind of thing that happened to me. At the end of last week, I was sick, which which really sucks. You know, I, I skipped my classes on Thursday because I was like not well enough to go and then I was like I had to go to um, meetings that evening and I was not feeling well. Friday I felt a little better. I went to an NBN party that night for um, editors in celebration of Halloween. That was really nice. But then I went home at like midnight and went to bed because I was still sick. But then the nice kind of pinnacle of my weekend was when I started feeling better. It was my friend Paola who's been on the show before. It was it's her birthday um, yesterday Sunday. So on Saturday um, me and a group of um, our friends, we all went out to Tapas Barcelona, which is this tapas restaurant in Evanston, and we all just had tapas together um, for her birthday, and that was just really nice. You know, so it was just after like two days of of being you know sick and just not feeling well, it was nice to on Friday kind of just do this thing with people I I enjoy being around. I felt a little better, and then on Saturday I do the same thing. It was just a nice way to kind of build back up my health. Happy belated, Paula. We love you. Yes, happy birthday. So my story happened to me several years ago, but I've been thinking about it a lot because of Halloween. So in eighth grade, my school had a school spirit week, 
And one of the days was Superhero Day. So I did this thing where I kind of, like, went the route of, like, mystique slash avatar slash I want an excuse to put weird blue stuff on my face. So I went there. And I went to school. You can't wait. You came as, like, one of the characters from Avatar, like the movie. Kind of, sort of. What I did was, like, I painted half my face blue, but, like, did weird patterns on it. So, like, a lot of people were just, like wow, you just look really cool and you look really like sci-fi, like a superhero. Uh, School Spirit Week was over and I had gotten a bunch of compliments and I thought, you know what? I love this attention. So cue myself about like three weeks to a month later or like even less than that, I think. I, I decided to just come to school wearing the makeup again. Oh no. It was not School Spirit <laughs> Week. There was absolutely no reason for it. It was like March or something. So like it wasn't even a Halloween precedent. And every, I walk into school feeling so good about myself. I was like, people are going to love me now. It's going to be great. I come to school and everybody's looking at me like, David, you look stupid. You look really dumb. Take that stuff off your face. Ever since um, that day, I just haven't been able to do, like, I just I just couldn't deal with the idea of, like, you know, doing something that embarrassing again. Yeah. But I kept Left, thinking about it. The leftover childhood trauma. Right. So, yeah. like, I dressed up this Halloween weekend as a bee, but I was so insecure about what I was wearing because I was just like, oh, my God, what if I'm doing something embarrassing? What if my pants are too short? What if this is just bad? Maybe you should face your eighth grade fear. And do what? Will. Just show up to class when yeah. they're wearing blue makeup yeah. on? For, for, for all of Halloween <laughs> next year. Absolutely not. Actually, make it two weeks. Come to class, <laughs> every single class, just in costume. No. Make it your thing. Become no, the guy I'm not... who comes to class in costume. Listen, like, tomorrow's actual <laughs> Halloween and my office is having a Halloween contest and I'm not showing up in costume because like I'm so nervous that as soon as I leave the office costume contest people are going to just look at me wearing this makeup on my face and go no. So Elizabeth what's your story for this week? Okay so on Friday night um, I was going to go out to dinner with a couple of my friends and we like could not decide where we were going to go so we ended up like we wrote a few places down on slips of paper and then drew them (laughs) and then we ended up on this place um, called Union Pizzeria, which is in Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. So it's supposed to be this really good pizza place. When we did that, I remembered that when I graduated from high school, this, like, my hi- my freshman year English teacher named Miss Medley um, told me that her aunt, named Heather, owned a restaurant in Evanston called Union Pizzeria, and that I should go and ask for Heather. So then we went, and I was like, oh, yeah, Miss Medley told me to do this. So then I go up, and I'm like, is there a Heather here? And they're like, yeah, she's over here. And I was like, hi, you know Miss Medley? And she's like, yeah, she's my niece. And so I'm like, yeah, that's my freshman year English teacher, like, from Kentucky. And um, (laughs) so then then Heather was, like, super nice, and she got us seated right away, and she kept, like, coming over to talk, and then she gave us two free desserts. Whoa. Yes, yes, yeah. amazing. And then, and then she like took my picture and sent it to Miss Medley, and and then she said Miss Medley says I was a bright gal, <laughs> and it was just really sweet. Also to like you know I haven't seen any of my high school teachers in a while, so that yeah. was like a sweet encounter. And her aunt was so nice, so nice, and the food was great. So that was a that was a fun. So time. You'd, you'd recommend Union Pizzeria? Yeah, I yeah. recommend it. Also, I mean, I, I hate the, the song, It's a Small World, but I kind of, like, hear it, you know, right Yeah, now. that's, like, it's such a cute serendipity yeah. kind of thing. The, yeah. f- the fact that the moment you picked it out, you were just like, oh, my God, wait. Yeah. I have a story to tell. So that's it for this week. You can find um, our show and all other NBN podcasts on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. And if you decide you like what you hear on any of our podcasts, just search North Banner Western in the store. Um, hit subscribe, and you'll get a notification whenever there is a new episode. Our theme song is Little Lily Swing by Tritachion, which is under a Creative Commons attribution license. And I'm your host, Jacob Lazaro. 
I'm David Gerges. I'm Elizabeth Guthrie. And this is NBN Audio.